Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to a frosty edition of Thrush and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast where musicals and metal clash so wildly we're left with hearing aids and a false set of teeth. And speaking of falsetto, I'm Aaron, and I'm joined, as usual, by the delicate snowflake, who is fractally perfect in every way. I call him Frosting the Dough Man, but you know him as Evan the Metal Man. How's it going? (laughs) Was that fractically perfect? Yes. Oh, very well done. A little Mary Poppins reference there, even though that's a different musical. And and a math reference. And yes, very good. Fractals. Well done. Yes. Yes. Well, that that was a fractally perfect joke then. Yes. Anyways, guess what? What? We have another Disney diva in the studio today. And it's like Nelly always says, it's getting cold in here. So put on some more clothes. And that's because we're heading back to Arendelle to welcome this gorgeous gal to the gauntlet, who also has the distinction of being the youngest soldier to join our musical war, which is making both Evan and I feel really old. Where's that false set of teeth when we need them to sink our dentures into this blossoming career, which would no doubt make us shout Mamma Mia, just like this shooting star stint in the re-re-re-revival tour. But while paying lip service to ABBA, she put that to good use to kiss me Kate for Queensland Opera. But alas, that love wasn't meant to be. Almost like West Side Story, where this delightful diva delivered a multidimensional Maria that made critics cry, holy shark. (laughs) But jumping over the sharks, she set sail for Sydney Harbour, where she ended up at the Sydney Opera House, portraying one of today's chosen music owls. And yet, it's her puppy-eyed performances as Princess Anna that's making the praise rain, dears, in the Australian (laughs) production of Disney's Frozen, where she's defrosting hearts across the country and bringing with her the winter of our absolute content. So with the warmest, yet frostiest g'day, we fix her up at the studio ready to welcome the Disney princess from another mistress who's here today to celebrate the release of her solo debut album, In the Light, which soars with her soulful self-penned track, The Light That You Are, that showcases her sensational skills and sublime subtleties. So from the darkness of our depths, we shine a spotlight on the star that she are, because she's the effervescent Courtney Monsma. Yay! Welcome to the Torture Chamber. How are you going? I am just genuinely so impressed by that introduction. I feel amazing. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> no, so if you ever get an introduction like that, send me an email and I will sue them. Okay, good. I don't think I'll be able to. I think no one can top that. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> no, no, thank you very much. Um, but uh, Okay, so for the listeners at home, I had gotten an email from Courtney's publicist asking if asked if we were available last week or this week, which we had a cancellation. So I'm like, yes, praise the heavens. We are available. We need an episode 66 as soon as possible. So I said, how about the Thursday? Because that was our cancelled appointment and the publicist. Yes, awesome. Let's go with that. So I had two days to write that and rehearse that. And I'm glad to know that we can. That's very impressive. Thank you very much. How are you going? 
Absolutely. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. You're feeling better? Yes, so much better. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I was, I've been listening to some podcasts. I listened to Patty's. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Patty, of course. Of course. Yep, um, yep. And yeah, it's so cool. Like what you do is so amazing. So it's such an honor to be on this podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Wow. But anyways, you are our youngest guest so far. So sorry. Yay. Don't be sorry. I'm, I'm, that makes me feel good yep, awesome. <laughs> for now <laughs> until so, it changes. Well, just um, before we get into the metal album, let's skip forward 25 years. What message do you want to leave? For your future self? A message for my my future self. I mean, I hope that, you know, just continue to do what makes you happy. I think that's the most important thing, especially in the arts. You know, it's so easy to get burdened under the stress of it all or the the want to keep going further and, and losing the joy. So as long as I keep that joy in no matter what I do, that's the biggest thing I would say, because, you know, we only get to do this once. So it's like, you know, fill it with what you want to do that makes you happy. So I would say that. And hopefully, you know, you always want to keep on to that, that you have early in your career as well. So Courtney, future Courtney, 50-year-old Courtney, if you're listening to this, go look in the mirror and make sure that you are joyous in what you are doing at the moment. Yes. Hopefully relaxing by then. <laughs> hopefully I'll be I'll be sitting back by that point, but <laughs> happy nonetheless. But anyway, so we're going to jump into the metal album because this week I chose the band because, as I say, we had two days to pull this together and I thought, okay, well, if you're doing a show, if you don't get a chance to listen to the metal album, then hopefully there's a 50% chance you are familiar with the Foo Fighters. Are you familiar with the Foo Fighters? I am. I'm, okay. I'm pretty shocking with music, if I'm honest with you. I'm always, you know, listening to theatre. So, um, yep. but my dad loves heavy metal and he grew up doing, you know, rock gigs that I was watching all my life. So yeah. I've been surrounded by it. Oh, <laughs> nice. We probably could have gone with something a little bit more metal then, but that's okay. No, it's fine. No. We went with the Foo Fighters. Otherwise, look, they weren't going to be on our radar for this show. So yeah, it is, it is surprising how often you know you interview theatre people and they're like, no, I I generally just don't listen to you know metal or guitar music or or yeah. even even a full album at once. I heard that recently. Yesterday, uh, two days ago. Yeah, it is interesting though. As a you know performer, you're you know you're bombarded with material you have to learn, and it's always cramming mm. this material in. So often it's. It, it doesn't seem sometimes by choice, you know, you're going, oh, this show is coming. I've got to binge this show and know what I'm doing. And, um, but yeah, I do like, mm. you know, I think with my growing up and with my dad, like I was always exposed to, you know, live gigs and, and rock music, which was really nice. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've been, you know, head in the books doing the theatre. So yep. after this, mm. I'm going to listen to some more music, I think. Yeah, awesome. with the amount, I guess with the amount of work and schedule and everything, you, you miss that that section of sort of teenage life of just, you know, feet up with the headphones in, you know, yeah. and, and, and endless days with nothing to do. Yeah. But how how cool is that? Yeah, it's like very nostalgic, but, you know, I should yeah. do it now. We've got so many streaming devices, lucky mm. us. So. Tell me about it. But um, now it's funny you say that because early on in the process, I can't remember which guest it was, there was another guest that we had only three or four days to to whip the episode together. The guest was rehearsing for a show and Evan said, are you sure they're going to be able to listen to the metal album? 
And I responded with artists get shit done. And he was so offended that like I was saying that us artists are so much better than you normal civilians. Like we can do it, but you can't. And that's not what I was saying. It was that, that we're used to that getting a script or we go to a drama class where it's an hour and a half or two hours and we get a 10 page script to learn. And by the end of that class, we're performing it for everybody in, in the class. Like that's what we grew up doing. So that's all I was meaning that we just, you throw it an obstacle like that at us. We will yeah. get shit done. And there are t-shirts that say that like Aussies do it better and stuff. I don't say you offended by that, Evan. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to move on. Cause I'm going to read my review. Go for it. I've never, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. Anyways. Have you- Oh, well, I'll put it to Aaron. Have you listened to this album before? We'll find out, won't we? <laughs> when I first saw the cover, I remembered I had picked the Foo Fighters, but since I've never really listened to them, they're more like the Foo Fighters. So being a Foo <laughs> virgin, I instigated the Spootify to see what all the fuss is about, and therein lies the problem, because this is the part where I know I have to go into hiding and change my name. <laughs> so this is Aaron Ware signing off, because I just didn't get it. I got the music but i just can't seem to catch the foo i feel like a rebel fighter while everyone swoons for the foo they're super talented sure and there's peaks and valleys which i like but apart from one track i found myself rather indifferent much like trying evan's bread (laughs) monkey wench was familiar as that's my old drag name and i could have sworn my hero had been used in spider-man 2 but turns out it's just overplayed Although I legit always thought that was a Nickelback song. And just like Nickel, I seem to also be allergic to post-90s mainstream rock. Apart from a small handful of bands, though only one comes to mind. Spam was very screamy, or enough space, apparently. They say in space nobody can hear you scream. I wish. (laughs) See you was catchy. As catchy as herpes. Oh, the doctor will see you now. This fun indie folkish genre allows Grohl's vocals to shine through, but at five minutes and too many seconds, No Way Home took the long way home. Overall, much of this album is vaguely familiar, and despite some 20 listens to this uber-beloved album, I remain immune to Dave Grohl's charm and dashing good looks. Maybe it was that foo shot we got back at school. Track 4 sums it up best, My Poor Brain. Three stars, but only because I don't want to get Will Smith. I've just (laughs) never been drawn to the foo, despite the mainstream appeal. Besides being remarkably talented musicians, there just wasn't any unique ingredients that I get from other massive bands. I am so sorry to the world. I know everyone loves the foo and I'm horrible. I'm just defeated. I mean, I I keep throwing some of the greatest musicians in the world and you're like, meh. Well, that's (laughs) what does it take? What it's taken is Primus had that uniqueness. Faith No More had a through line. What else have I liked? (laughs) Rammstein was a living fairy tale. I'm sorry to the world. I really am. I know (laughs) I'm going to not be able to leave my house ever again. I feel like I've shattered you, Evan. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, this week doing the research on Foo Fighters was pretty easy because, you know, I was there. You know, lived through, you know, Nirvana is my high school band, obviously. You see, them I liked. There was a darkness to them, (laughs) an underlying darkness without the screamingness that that gave them that unique ingredient. Okay, continue on. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I was there. It was, I 
Nirvana was my high school band. Obviously, Dave Grohl was the the drummer from Nirvana. Um, you know, I remember where I was when I heard that T Kurt Cobain had died, um, and you know, it was all over type thing. And then, yeah, six. Uh, I think for about six months, they were just really quiet. They didn't make any comments. They didn't do anything. The, it's reported that that Dave Grohl just kind of, you know, packed away his drum kit and went. You know, I, I can't even look at music anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it just sort of in, on his own decided to get back on the horse and 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 started recording all by himself. You know, did the bass, guitar, rhythm, everything himself. He had, recording all these songs that he'd written previously, which eventually came became the first album that was just self titled Foo Fighters. What we listened to, The Color and the Shape, nineteen ninety seven, was um, this was the first album where they actually had a band together because he assembled a band in order to tour the first album because there wasn't one. And and then, yeah, assembled this band in order to record The Colour and the Shape, mm -hmm. uh, which became their most successfully, uh, you know, most commercially successful album. Almost, yeah. What do you mean almost? <laughs> when you hear that back, both times you tried to say that did not come out. <laughs> trust, trust me on that. It became their, their most commercially successful. That time okay. you said it. <laughs> okay, how about you record it and just edit it into me? How about you do one of these intros ever? <laughs> you can't say two words. Go on. I'm just teasing you. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. Single, I mean, Monkey Wrench was massive. That was just everywhere on every, you know, every radio station. Every yeah. third song was bloody Monkey Wrench constantly. And, of course, Everlong and My Hero off this album as well. Again, they're still the most famous songs and, you know, like the end of the show type uh, songs will be ever long after two hours of Foo Fighters they'll finally play ever long and, and people can go home but yeah this was my I would have been oh, 18 19 20 ish when this came out um and this was our you know when I was playing in a cover band we covered a lot of these songs so I'm very familiar with all of them oh wow that's so cool plug <laughs> and I especially hate ever long it's a it's an absolute bastard to play on the drums you're sitting on the hi-hat the whole time just rolling on the hi-hat all the way through and the only time you get a break is with the choruses like which is like opposite of most songs where you you know you're keeping it easy through the ver verses and then you have to go hard in the chorus this is the absolute opposite you're going hard really quietly and my forearms would just burn you know oh. they'd have to sort of go are you ready for this we're gonna want to do everlong are you ready and like oh <laughs> okay we'll give it a go but yeah painful song to play i'm sure more established drummers are just like yeah whatever it's easy but i found it really hard it just burnt my forearms um yeah i, I absolutely love this album i love re, reliving it you know there's they've been through so much tragedy and and you know the the drummer um uh drummer actually had an overdose i think not long somewhere in the middle of their their career and, and spent like two hours uh, two hours spent two weeks in a coma um oh, no. uh, and, and again they're like oh you know that's it when i you know, another friend taken down by drugs. Bloody hell. Um, but Bloody no, he, he he woke up. He was okay. He They continued on. Oh. He has now since died. Oh, okay. uh, recently. Well, that, that two turns. Like, I know. really yeah. quick turns. Yeah, but there's Plus 20 this. years in there. There's 20 years oh, along okay. the way. You know, he, he survived for another 20 years. That was quite recent, wasn't it? I remember seeing that. It yeah. was only a few, uh, a few months ago this yeah, year. so sad. Yeah, it's an absolute classic. Um, there's so many people, so many YouTube videos of people breaking down this album of what everything means. They're all trying to read into, you know, was there references to Kurt Cobain and 
what's this about and what's that about? I think what I love about this album, it is an album that is made to be listened to as an album. Each song is done in an order that is meant to be listened to in that order. I got that. You know, it's constantly going up and down, up and down, up and down. It'll give you a bit of a quiet and then scream at you for a bit and then a bit of a break and then scream at you for a bit. And even within the songs. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys all the way through. You're supposed to listen to this album start to finish. That's the way it's done. And two of the song titles, like Walking Away From You or something or Wait Long Way Home or whatever those two have a similar sounding thing that they, an idiot like me could make a sentence out of those two song titles. Yeah. My OCD was pretty calm this week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're constantly building peaks and then, you know, dropping and building again and dropping and building again over and over and over. It even becomes comical. It's like, oh, is it going to build up again? Yes, it is. Well, I didn't get comedy, but yeah. <laughs> I can see that they are super talented, or at least yeah. I don't know much about the other musicians, but Dave Grohl is. Yeah, yeah this was really displaying that Dave Grohl could stand alone, you know, away from Nirvana. and Because, yeah. you know, apparently even after the, the, the first album they released, you know, every interviewee, every question was Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, and he just had enough of it. You know, didn't want to deal with the press whatsoever because he was just sick of being asked about it. And they're reading into the lyrics. It's like, is my hero about Kurt Cobain? Is, yeah. You know, you know is, is, you know, New Way Home about Kurt Cobain is February stars, but he got sick of it, but this really proved that he could write solid songs, a solid rock album with a theme and an idea and execute it and tour it. And, you know, it's been superstardom ever since really. Yeah. I love it. Speaking of falsetto. I, I can't speak much more highly of it. He's just an amazing musician in general. He is a drummer first. There is a bit of a, a story about the, uh, the drumming because the previous drummer they'd used did work on this album a bit. And then Dave kind of wasn't happy with any of it. And he ended up sort of re-recording all the drum tracks while the drummer wasn't there. Oh. And, that, and the drummers sort of rung up and go, should I be on a plane? Should I be over there? I hear they're recording, you know, shouldn't I be there? And he's like, no, no, like Dave's just kind of re-recorded all of your drum parts. Uh, sorry. You know, <laughs> so, and they've ended up with um, Taylor Hawkins, who was now recently died so even though taylor hawkins doesn't actually play on this album he is yeah. on all the videos he toured with them and then it became their drummer from then on but dave grohl is actually the, the recorded drummer in this album as well as the previous one but then ever since then it's been taylor hawkins but yeah and yeah they did sort of talk about the pressure involved with you know you're you're recording drums in a band where the front man is one of the best drummers in the world and he's looking over your shoulder and like yeah that kind of pressure is is hard and and is he's expecting you to come up with your own ideas but they're not how he envisions them so he ends up just re-recording the whole thing and he, he does dave Grohl does say he doesn't regret doing that he's you know it needed to be done the drums yeah. weren't right you know um but he did end up losing a drummer doing it so now just um before we Move on to Courtney's thoughts. Two things. What what does foo mean? In World War II, they used to see, you know, whether it was Aurora Borealis, Aurora Borealis or um, lights in the sky of some kind, whether it was rockets going over or, or traces or whatever it was, there was yeah. weird lights in the sky and they would, that was the the soldier's name for like UFOs. They were foos and they were fighting foos. So they were foo fighters. Oh, Wow. Okay, and also in 97 when this was released, I was listening to Spice Girls and All Saints. <laughs> so had we done them, it would be a different story. But I did give it a three stars because, as I said, I don't want to get smacked. Yeah, so anyways, Courtney, 
Yes. What did you think of this album? Did you uh, like it more than I did? Look, I I think I I don't obviously have as much expertise in this genre. So, um, you know, it was, I think it's good for the average ear, if that makes sense, you know. Um, You know, it's like, you know, you could hear it on the radio and be like, oh, I love this. Um, But yeah, it would. I agree. There's a lot of like peaks and falls, I guess you would say, in it. Um, am I right in saying they this is a Grammy award-winning album? I'm sure it is. Um, nominated is it? for nominated. best rock album. Um, I don't know if it won. No. Oh right, I'm just making that. Up. I would have been one years one year old. So who am I to know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I think for me it was very like nostalgic. I know. I, I'm guessing my dad was playing it when I was younger. But in saying that, I probably couldn't sing you back a song either. So it didn't quite get into my my mind enough for me to sing it back. But, you know, it is yep. a super, super iconic, you know, moment in time. And um, I've thought, like, imagine if they had a Foo Fighters musical, that would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> using <laughs> using all their songs. I don't know. This could, you know, be a good album for that. I, was, I always think about that, though, because I'm theatre nerd. If they were to do a, a Foo Fighters, the musical, I think Dave Grohl would want to act in it. I mean, he's an amazing actor and, and writer yeah. as, as well. Studio 666. Well, yeah, he's just, uh, yeah, he's done film. And and this is episode 66. He's, he's super interested in in producing his own film and, and all the wow. videos, all the video clips are all very much the brainchilds of, of Dave Grohl and he wants things a certain way. He's, he's a, a man of pretty much all talents. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying he's a fantastic drummer too, obviously, as well as the singer as well. Yeah. Although he did originally start playing guitar at, at like 13 or something. Oh. He's, he switched to drums because they needed a drummer. He calls himself drummer first. Right. It's, I guess it's kind of like, you know, theater, singer, actor, dancer, which one are you first? It's like, mm. I just, it, it baffles me. It takes a certain mind to be able to be a musician in that way. I just think it's incredible. Something I wish I could do. Like, I wish I could play an instrument, but. Courtney, don't be so hard on yourself everybody can play the triangle (laughs) yeah true as long as you have a rhythm though (laughs) well i certainly hope you've got rhythm goodness me no i do i do thank goodness for that i can't that's okay but yeah no i I really i really enjoyed it it reminded i think it reminded me that i needed to explore more genres of music and um i'd love to you know see this music live and i think go to gigs again even you know like just the atmosphere that is created it's so I think I was actually, interestingly, reading this book and um, it said that music is like jewellery to the mind. It just makes you feel a certain way on the inside and like depending on how you're feeling, how you would, you know, accessorise to go out. And I thought that was really interesting. It's like it, everyone can take something different from it, how, however it makes them feel, yeah. which I thought was cool. Um, mm. And that kind of reminded me of that a bit. It just inspired me to listen to more music. I, I wouldn't know what I'd rate it though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been fortunate enough to see them live and they're, they're incredible live. Oh, did um, you? Wow. They were um, supported by Tenacious D, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, wow. Jack Black, marry me. Yeah, me too. Tenacious D and the Foo Fighters on, on the same bill. But what was really annoying um, is a Tenacious D song where Dave Grohl uh, is the devil in the video clip um, in the greatest that. song of the world. That oh, okay, the big yeah. Tenacious D song. Yeah. Where, where the devil is like, play me the greatest song in the world yeah. or I'll eat your soul. That's Dave Grohl. Oh. So when Tenacious D and, da- and Foo Fighters were both going to be on the same bill at a concert, I was expecting Dave Grohl to come out for the greatest song in the world and he didn't. Oh. So annoying. Oh, oh, no, and he would have been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was there. He's backstage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Doing something else. It could have popped out for you know five seconds to just go play me the best, you know. Yeah. And he didn't. It was really annoying. That would have been very for... iconic if he did. But live, they're amazing. Like um, exactly as the as you hear on the CD, they're note perfect. They're amazing yeah. professional musicians. You can kind of tell as well when it, I think when an album's recorded, you can tell when if they'd be good live. Like in the way it's sung, you can tell it's like more raw or mm. yeah. And I got that. I was like, oh, that's how they are. That's amazing. Very talented. Yeah, because it stands out when it's been overproduced. That's why. Yes. Yeah. Um, but thinking, I'm getting a flash, and I'm thinking it was actually Foo Fighters that when they went for a, like an intermission, Dave Grohl's grabbed a camera and just gone backstage, and then it's come up on the big screen. So it's oh. like everyone sitting around having a drink and a smoke, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we haven't gone anywhere. We're just having a just having a break." And and he walked around, went through the toilets, just being stupid. But it's the first time I've seen a band actually, you know, grab a camera and go backstage for their own break. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they'd want to sit down. Yeah, yeah that's you're not going to say that musical theater like leave us alone. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you know, with with theater as well, you're often not being yourself, so there is that massive mask you're putting on. So yeah. it's a bit more exhausting sometimes, I guess, to pretend all the time. But in saying that, people are elevated when they're in their performance state as well. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, now. Um, I didn't know that the Foo was a World War II reference because the segue I've written is something stupid again. Do we all remember the movie tone today in movie tone news? No. Nope. Oh, well, it looks like the Foo Fighters lost the battle, (laughs) but they can still win the war. We're going to an ad break. That works. <laughs> I thought you would know that reference, Evan. <laughs> well, it's it's period correct. I'll be there. G'day, listeners. Aaron here. Because Evan and I are stuck in Australia, we thought we better send a spy to Broadway to check out the shows for us. So here is our first review from our new Broadway spy, Spencer. Six is a global phenomenon. There's no other way of saying it. I don't think I've ever seen a show besides Hamilton get this amount of popularity before it hit Broadway and this amount of hype. I don't think Six lives up to its hype. I will get hated on for saying that, but I don't think it lives up to its hype. I think it's fantastic, but I think it is very much an overhyped show. It is a beautiful story told in the smartest way possible with a group of six powerful women up on that stage. Uh, I'd like to individually point out Samantha Pauly, who plays Catherine Howard in the Broadway production, who truly does something with that role that I haven't seen in any of the other promotional videos for any of the other companies all across the world. This show got some Tony nominations, deservedly so, but it did not get any for the actresses, which is a real shame because it's really hard to single them all out. This show is beautiful technically, amazing lights, costumes, everything. I love the fact that it is an all-female identifying band. I think that that's really cool, and it's awesome that they're on stage as well. Because as a performer myself, it is just amazing to be a part of that energy every night. The night I saw the show actually was the reopening night on Broadway, and the energy in that room was palpable. You could feel everyone loving this show and excited to be back in a Broadway theater. I'm excited to see this show get more popular across the U.S. because they are doing two tours. And is this show for tourists or purists? I think this is a show solely for tourists. If you are a theater purist, it's very short. And for someone who is a standard theater goer, this is not your kind of show. 
But if you're a young person who's just starting to get into theater, this is your show. If you're a tourist, this is your show. It is so much fun. And that's my review of Six. You're listening to Thrash and Treasure. I'm Aaron. That's Evan. And we are joined by Australian theater starlet and rising star, really, like you are leading a Disney musical on your shoulders, Courtney Monsma, <laughs> who has joined us this week to promote her new album, In the Light. I, I have to ask, it's a cheeky question. How much is this putting your stamp on those roles when they come to Australia? So when Beetlejuice comes, you want the Lydia role? Yeah, well, I'm, you know what? I That's a thing, I think. I'm, I'm pretty self-aware, I think, as an artist in terms of what I think I can deliver. Yep. And especially, like, I think Beetlejuice has a really amazing rocky tone mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't necessarily know if that would be a role for me. Like I think I could admire someone else doing it amazingly, but yeah. um, I think definitely just even, you know, as a performer and an artist, just to be a bit more individual and like put your own stamp on shows that are so established is kind of cool yeah. just to try and, you know, change that perspective. But like, of course, you know, I'd love to play any role really. Mm. Um, and to know that maybe I can execute it would be a good thing for yeah. my career. <laughs> Does that include Sweeney Todd? I'd love to do Sweeney Todd. <laughs> yep, play, when you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I love that it's, you know, a bit darker and, you know, but with doing um, Disney and, you know, I'm often pretty typecast in, in, in those sorts of, you know, happy roles. It would be so cool to get a bit more grungy and play something different. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I think you have to get in line behind oh. Pretty much everyone wants to do Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I'll, I will wait in line and maybe there'll be a point mm. in the future. No, I don't think in the yet, but. Um... Well, was that a, a conscious decision to go with a more musical themed album as opposed to something more pop rock? Yeah, it definitely. Um, I think in terms of my, you know, listeners as well, like I think that's something that, you know, I've grown up listening to a lot, obviously. And I think that was a, a really important thing at least to start I feel like that's very much a big part of who I am and I, I would love to branch out and do more pop and and write some more and um, use some different musical influences but I think at this time yeah musicals the musical themed album seemed right for me and just follow your gut instinct though you don't need yeah. my advice that's every artist really just follow your gut instinct that's definitely that's how we've gotten all these guests on this bloody show I know. I mean, props to you. This is cool, though. I mean, people would be lucky to be here. (laughs) Beforehand, before coming on, they're lucky. (laughs) No, no. No, it's different. It's different. That's that's refreshing. You know, you're often doing the same thing. But yeah, I was I was listening to your album and I, and I, and it was crossing my mind as like this is just a list of roles you would like to do. Yeah, (laughs) certainly songs you would like to sing. More power for that because why not get get noticed out there? How Mm. many other younger musical performers we all have the equipment at home on your laptops yeah. to do anything you want yeah really definitely. there's nothing stopping we've just had two years and I know that you had written yourself penned um the light that you are whilst in lockdown yeah so can you tell us a bit about the genesis of that song as everyone's on emotions everyone's emotions and anxieties were pretty high I, I'm guessing this was a cathartic outlet for yeah you. it definitely was I I really to be honest I, I really struggled during every lockdown really especially the ones where I would be stuck alone 
with the borders. I, I just, I found that really hard. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, had to go away from work and that was such an outlet for me to escape as it is for most people. That's why we love music. And I just had this like kind of poem in my head for quite a while. And then I just sat down like on my iPad and um, played around with all the software on there and, and came up with this song and it kind of came from the basis of so many times, um, especially my co-stars who I just see as these amazing people are so doubtful of how they are and they can't see how amazing they are, like genuinely, and that would just baffle me. So I'm like, how can you not see that? And I often, I think we all do it. We all um, strive so much and we never actually stop to acknowledge like what we're actually doing or ad- admire what we're doing. So that was kind of the the theme of the song was that, you know, you can reach all these goals and that actually doesn't solve that inner self-worth problem. Um, you think you reach something and you're like, oh, I, I believe in myself now. I'm amazing. But actually sometimes it's the opposite. You're always striving for more. So it was that moment to stop and go, hey, if only I could see myself the way that others do or, you know, believe what they say. So that was kind of the the theme of it. Are you listening, 50-year-old Courtney? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully she'll write some better songs by then. <laughs> no, I think it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I really do. It, especially for your first song. Like, yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself. Sometimes artists just cannot see how good they are. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know. No, that's the that's the whole, you know, never-ending cycle, isn't it? And why the song is kind of ironic because it's not a solution, but it's a, you know, a hope to to see one day, I guess. Yep, that's it. Now um Right before COVID hit, you were doing today's chosen musical. Yes. Which is six. Yes, just nominated for, I think, eight Tony Awards as well. Yeah, I was actually quite pleased for them. Me too. Oh, yeah, sorry. We had been listening to the, um, because it was only like two days ago, the the Tony nominations came out. Because it's it's very much the little show that could. Yeah. This really tiny little show that has... So, yeah, anyways, we'll, we'll get onto that instead of me bumbling my way through any sort of segue. Evan, take the mic. Oh, yes, you gave me, you, you gave me Six the Musical, which, of course, I'd never heard of. Oh, cool. I love that. Could, can I just put this out there? Six. That's six. Six. That's a perfect title. We don't need a The Musical on everything. Yeah. Like, literally everything has The Musical. I saw, like, Dennis The Musical the other day. And I'm like, I know you're, you're representing Disney today, so what the... <laughs> I love the mug. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yeah, thank you very much. And I've also got the hat. And the pillows. Pillow. Oh, God. Yes. God. And the poster. Yeah, the pr- oh, uh, the princess and the frog poster for, for those at home. I um, love. I noticed. Yeah. Looks good. No, I've got no Disney stuff whatsoever. Um, okay. No, you don't. Anyways, um, it's just, we can yes. just call it six. Okay, just I six. Think. All right. I had to listen to six. And again, as usual, I will just chuck it on blind. I have no no idea what I'm listening to. I'll just hit play. And yeah, became quickly apparent. It was about Henry VIII and his six wives. Mm-hmm. Who you've got, oh, and which then that just opens up so much freaking research. It's not funny. Yeah, like, it is. There's seven people, seven characters here. I have to sort of get a, a, an idea of, I mean, I knew the basic history anyway, apparently, you know, well, all I knew was that Henry VIII chopped all his wives' heads off in order, in order to marry another one, which wasn't yeah. far off. Um, but yeah, Kat, you've got Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boylan, Anne of Cleves, Catherine Howard and Catherine Parr, Jane Seymour. Oh, I love Dr. Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I thought <laughs> <Sorry>. of. <laughs> oh, Jane Seymour. I know that name. Was she really that old? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Wrong Jane. 
yeah, so I listened through and I, I think the first thing I sent Aaron a message going, this musical asks the question, what if Henry VIII's wives were the Spice Girls? Which is kind of basically what's going on here. You've chucked all the chucked all the no. wives together as a girl band. No. Is that the word? I don't agree. I have No, seen but it, it's but not. I... I know. After listening yeah. to listening to it again a few more times and, and and doing the research, like each each wife has their own genre. It's a VH1 Divas Live. Yeah, they haven't just mashed them all together and called them no. the, the wives girls. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Go. You're trying at least. I'll, I'll give I've, you one star. Yeah, I've tried. I, I do wish I had more time with this. I, I looked. Um, I saw some clips, um, and it seems to be like is it? There's kind of zero staging. It's more. It's a concert. Is that right? No, there there is staging. Um, I think that's the thing with this show as well. Like you listen to the soundtrack, but seeing it live makes you, I think, fall in love with it even more. I know for me, but it is very. You know, it's it's got some actually a really cool like commercial hip hop choreography. So there mm. is quite a lot of staging, but it is you know a small stage, and it the yes. girls are on together the whole time. So it's not like you know you're running off in the wings or doing changes. It's it's you don't get a break the whole show, which is different. Right. Yeah. 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 That's why I was sitting there going, can you really call this a, a musical it's it's, yeah. it's more a, a mu- it's a concert it is you know, yeah. a concert with a story i guess well, it's just a different way of telling the story that's all and then that from from seeing clips that came with my one uh, half decent question how uncomfortable are those costumes <laughs> corsets full stop evan they look corsets really uncomfortable stop. they look like this solid leather and way too much. Well, you know what? The the my favorite part of the costume was the boots we got to wear, but they're the, you know, the brand Laduca, which are just the, you know, most amazing shoe dance brand. The comfiest shoes you can think of. And oh, I guess the God. costumes, yeah, the costumes look very, you know, structured and they're pretty amazing, very like space-like, but it's all on the outside. Like, you know, you've got the inside that's soft and but in saying that, you know, you're you're moving around so much and mm. if the plastic gets your skin it's like ah um which was a thing how cinched are you girls not much at all okay that's all right because you've got to sing yeah exactly and dance yeah it's not cinched luckily it's actually i think it's a bit of an illusion with the way it's shaped um yeah. which is awesome because mm. i was thinking the same thing i was like how can i do that I, and dance at the same time yeah, they look really bulky and unmovable yeah. and yeah yeah they could have been terrible and and you could have had a you know, nightmare of a time yeah every show because i can't move in this thing exactly but luckily (laughs) like genuinely not which is awesome i know that all the girls are different um costumes but yeah true Mm. and different body shapes and stuff so that's kind of the good thing about the show too you know it is very very diverse very inclusive there's no archetype for any role it's it's based on what you bring which is cool yeah Yeah. so i I got more of a a vh1 davis live vibe (laughs) from it but I haven't seen it live. To be honest, Courtney, screaming crowds in the theatre drive me nuts. It's that. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. So even when it comes to Melbourne, I don't know if I would see it because I would be sitting there just, <gasps> yeah, I paid $150-something <laughs> to see this. Shut up. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't do it, but I'd be thinking it in my head and I'd be so distracted by telling these fans who have seen it 20 times already, sit down. Yeah, yeah. But that's me. <laughs> Don't don't hate me for that, kids listening to this. No, everyone's different. Everyone's different. That's um, it. I it you know it's, it is a very immersive experience in terms of the comedy as well. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, it's not too bad. Well, lucky we, we when we did the show, we had in ears, so um, I couldn't hear much of it, <laughs> which okay. was good. Oh, that's yeah, right. that was handy. Yeah, and that was. Did you do it at the Sydney Opera House? Yes. Oh, yes. That's right. I, I mentioned that in the introduction, didn't I? <laughs> Two recordings this week, so no, that's a lot. You're lucky I haven't called you Simon by now. Okay, I, I, you can call me Simon. It's alright. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness me, like, oh yeah, sorry, Evan. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just forgot. I did make notes listening through through Six the Musical, and these are just yeah. like my initial thoughts of hearing the song for the first time. No way. Um, who was what track is that? Track three ish. Catherine of Aragon song. No way. That. Absolutely rocks. Yeah. Um, Heart of Stone was, which is Jane Seymour's. Um, that's that's like a classically built ballad that was really well put together. That's a Kelly Clarkson song. That is right. That's a, that's okay. a Kelly Clarkson song. In the theme of, or an actual song? No, it's not her actual. Song. No, not her actual song. But right in the theme, I of- could hear her singing that type of song, like another song I yep. could hear lady gaga do yeah and then uh, what's the other the other note i made was the house of holborn yeah which is that's just everybody i assume um that's an old school rave thumper yeah that's what that is that was that was early 90s going to um illegal raves in in warehouses in that's, germany that proper rave yes. old school thumper with a cross with a polka yeah do you know what that the story is behind that one no no i have no idea so with with his fifth wife, I think, which was uh, my mind went blank. Anyway, um, House of Holbein was a place that women would go to to get portraits painted to send to kings. <gasps> That's yes, oh. I did watch the documentary, and yeah, yeah. You're... So the House of Holbein was this place you'd go, and like often, I think it would be you know with poisonous paints, of course, back in the day. But they would go yeah. there, and they'd be like, <laughs> "I want to marry this prince, like draw me up." And they did that for the his next wife. And when he met her in real life, he's like, "You look nothing like the picture." What's happening? And then they got a divorce. <laughs> oh, oh, I have an issue with that. Yeah, right. So, so it's um, I was a place that all these women would go to to get a um, and, but it's done in like a rave way, which I thought was super clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, apparently the well from the research I did is that that may or may not be historically accurate. Yeah, because the only references of Henry sort of going, she looks nothing like a picture, was after his death. So, oh wow, that's interesting. Don't actually know if that's something he said or, or was his opinion of. The there was no, there's no actual writings of that specific occurrence, but who knows? She definitely lucked out that queen compared to the others. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. possibly just a spiteful thing after the, after the fact of like, oh, she was ugly anyway, you know. <gasps> Which could have been a lie for sure. That's mm. interesting. That's so yeah. interesting. Because, yeah. I mean, he's the king. He's Henry VIII. He, you, if, if she turned up and he went, oh, God, you're nothing like your picture, send her back. He could have. Yeah. You know, he didn't have to marry her. Sorry, I just want to throw in there. Is that an option mm. for these assholes on Grinder and Scruff who keep putting 25, 30-year-old photos on their profiles? <laughs> <sighs> anyway, sorry, I just wanted to, to lament. It's all right for her to sing whatever she's mm. saying. Sorry. Yeah. Triggered. Go. No, no, it's it's in the say. I think I heard as well with um with this queen. Often Henry would pretend he was like a normal person and surprise his new wife in case there was like an instant love connection from. And he would do mm. that. He did that to her, and apparently she was like, "What are you doing?" and wasn't affected at all. And he got very offended by that and was like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. <laughs> and then anyway, mm. as you do when you're the king. But in saying that, you know, it's history. It's so far back. Who knows? Yeah. 
I mean, there are good chunks that are, you know, well-documented and there's, yeah. there's bits, apparently sort of bits and pieces in the story. I, I mean, we like how in six they're trying to elaborate more on, you know, they're not just Henry's wives who, yeah. who he, who he offed, you know, there's, there was more to them. And yeah, I didn't even realize one, you know, survived Henry, at least by another sort of 10 years. Yeah. You know, he didn't get them all. No, <laughs> he created a few laws to get rid of some, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all, you know, I'm, I'm surprised how much about religion it is. Yeah. I just figured it was him being picky, but, you know, it's all about religion and the, the majority of the country, either being Protestant or Catholic or Roman Catholic or, oh God, I, I yeah. don't I don't buy into religion, so it's all a big mess, really. I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for someone to try to legalize atheism. It's not Sorry, legal that's... to be atheist? <laughs> what are you on about? Sorry to prohibit atheism. At the moment, with like the whole thing in America, I'm waiting for someone to stand oh, up yeah. and say, try to propose a bill to ban atheism. That's what I meant to say. Oh, right. Yeah. That it passed, too. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> current... Of course it will. That'd be the easiest one. <laughs> what a world but yeah i've yeah i found this was really different in in terms of musicals it was just but yeah, so different than than anything else it was a different idea it's a different execution again i'm not even sure if you could call it a musical not in the traditional sense of you know having scene changes and uh i don't know this it's you know it's a concert it's a it's a show mm. you know more more than a more than a musical yeah it's it's really cool um yeah, it takes a couple of listens to sort of pick out the different influences of the Beyonce's to the Alicia Keys to Rihanna's. And, uh, and and I'm not hugely familiar with a lot of those, but you can hear the different styles. It's like, oh, that sounds like someone I've heard. Yeah. You know, I can't pick an Adele song just by listening to it, you know. <gasps> That's why we're different. I'll, I'll know I know that song and I know that voice. I can because Adele songs are like Dementors. They make everything turn ice cold. Yeah, <laughs> she's powerful. She's powerful. <laughs> I'm going to hell already, so I'm allowed to say stuff <laughs> like that. Um, I, okay, so I just want to throw in my thoughts here because I kind of really liked this. I vaguely remember checking it out when it first dropped. Like, I guess I was expecting something more classical and I got something more pop and I was like, oh, okay, no. God, yeah. I'm getting old. But anyways, um, so listening to this over and over again, I kind of really like this, the songs in it. This is how to do a jukebox musical, right? Original songs that are pop songs mm. or pop rock songs or hip hop songs and work that with your story because you're writing those songs to the story. That This is what we yes. should be getting more of. Yes. Okay. I, look, I, I did. I really enjoyed this. Would I see it? I'm not sure because of the crowds. I'd like to direct it and then not have to watch it with crowds. <laughs> that'd be good. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's technically a concert. You need the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing. If, so as a, as an old curmudgeon, I really like this show. I like the music and I like the idea behind it, but I'm so torn morally, like stay away from that like live <laughs> which is a shame because this is what you're doing to people thing. you screaming audiences out there I, I but then again that is how the I, show I know, is still going because that. of the audience I know. The... so i choose to sit it out <laughs> so just catching you up yeah. courtney this is purely an error yeah this is me no, this no, is no, all no. on me i am purely the worst person in the world apparently you know no everyone's different and as i've kept saying without an audience you don't have a show yeah. I don't need to hear the audience unnecessarily. 
unless they, you know, being prompted to shout back and stuff like that. But look, it's getting young girls into the theatre, which is where I know I'm an asshole for these opinions, mm. because it is getting not just young girls, younger people into the show. And you say there is that representation. That You're talking about the um, actually the language and the, the younger appeal. That was the one of the things that was sort of turning me off was when they were using phrases like, you know, like totes. Uh, you know totes taking a selfie to swipe right type stuff like yeah. that's that's gonna date that will yes yeah, that's that will. that is not gonna last another 10 years they're like what people used to say totes yeah that is interesting with slang as well you know even when i did the show in 2020 when that was you know more of a, a slang for us then it's interesting how but that you also grow older and the fan base grows older too and it changes over so um but it is interesting how things like that date i yeah and i hear these phrases of you know, sort of what well, I would call TikTok phrases. And I'm just like, oh, don't just, I know, I know that's the audience and that's what the show is, but uh, I'm too old for that crap. <laughs> just wait till we do be more chill. Yeah, no, I did actually really like it. It's really clever. I, yeah. I like it when people do songs in the theme of, although the licensing would have been horrendous. You could have done a bit of Beyonce and a bit of Rihanna and a bit of Adele. And- mm. Yeah, true. Wouldn't have a curmudgeon like me actually enjoying it. Mm. So you're saying you you like it the fact that they're original songs in the theme of yeah yeah they're so clever yeah, yeah. and I would put at least one of them on a playlist like mm. a non musical playlist because they do read like pop songs or pop rock songs yeah I like the ballad yeah like I said House of, House of Holborn made me laugh I was just like this is a classic nineties rave song yeah yeah it was, it was it was brilliant spot on German house yeah yeah and yeah and the ballad yeah. I didn't hate it's beautiful I love the ballad <laughs> I don't I got like I get too excited and I just need to get up and move around I'll just hurry up the ballad already and I know I know I'm a horrible person. We have established this already. But I, I did. I liked this ballad. I thought it, it was nice. As I said, it's only one issue I had was um, being triggered by her disregard for catfishing. It's all right for her. She got to be queen. <laughs> and a few kingdoms, yeah. yeah. The rest of us don't even get a second date. Anyways. <laughs> After six, we're taking five as we jump to the commercial break. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> G'day listeners, Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. After barely three hours of light sleep, Toniston Turnbull slowly opens his eyes, his body feeling heavier than it ever has before. Not from extra weight, from tiredness and stress. Polly sighs in the shadows behind him, the flame of the nearest barbed wire tiki torch tower having died down, but not out, while Toniston napped. Are you awake? Toniston whispers. 
Oh, how can I sleep in this place? Polly moans, turning onto her side and facing Toniston, who stays on his back, imagining obscure animal-esque shapes in the rusted tin roof above them, shadows faintly formed by the nearest dying torches. We need to work out a way to get out of here, Toniston states the obvious. He whispers, despite the fact the nearest shacks to their own are several metres away, and the occupants presumably asleep as most prisoners seem to be. How? There's no fence to squeeze through, or even climb, Polly replies, sitting up in bed and then stretching out her sore arms. The hairs stand on end from the slight chill in the air. I don't know, but I think the whole fighting thing is a distraction. You mean, to distract the other prisoners when new ones arrive? No, I, I think that was just bad timing. Didn't you notice? Toniston goes on to explain his theory. That fight happened. Everybody gathered around. I didn't see one person who wasn't watching. And then when I vomited, the only gate in this place closed shut. What are you trying to say? I think something happened when everyone's back was turned. Like what? Whispers Polly, her voice breaking up in fear. I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. Toniston's brain starts working overtime. But it's strange that nobody seems to want to leave. They seem almost happy. Definitely content. So, when's the next one of those stupid beatdowns? Toniston can't help but think Polly looks tough, almost evil in the shadows as she asks, I don't know, Toniston begins. But both teenagers are distracted by a crumbling noise in the distance. Hopping out of bed, Toniston joins Polly on her own, equally uncomfortable one. Spotting a large, white package hovering close to the cave ceiling, behind it, a shadowy figure. The package is lowered down, causing the teenagers themselves to lower as well, hoping not to be spotted by whom, or what, may be operating this obscure crane. Over a long, slow descent, the package is dropped to the ground. Polly keeps her eyes on it, but Toniston looks up immediately, spotting a large black shadow scurry away to God only knows where. Come, he whispers, as he quietly hops off her bed, slipping into his docks with bare feet. Polly follows his lead. Careful to keep watch on all directions, the teenagers swiftly sneak over to the white package, their hearts beating an almost tribal jam in perfect harmony, and stopping in their tracks as the sudden realisation of what lies before them sinks in. A woman, seemingly in her early twenties, wrapped up in bandages from the neck down. No, not bandages. Is that spiderweb? Polly asks, completely mortified at the prospect. Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo! Anyways, we're back with Thrash and Treasure. I'm Aaron. Mm -hmm. That's Evan. And we are joined by stage and recording artist, Courtney Monsma, mm. who is, as we established, our youngest torture victim in our torture chamber as she promotes her new album, In the Light. Now, as your own light grows brighter and fame becomes more predominant, what worries you the most? A lot with that <laughs> it really does yeah um I've always you know I've always loved performing and telling a story and I think that's why I love it so much and yeah. I think as you become more in the spotlight I think it's more um susceptible to be criticized slash you know there's the personal element too a lot of the time I'm playing characters so I can remove myself technically um and it, you know it does scare me a little bit depending where my career goes to in that sense the you know I love my 
my normal life <laughs> with the performing as well. So, um, but it also is exciting. And I think art is there to be criticized in a weird way too. I'm never opposed to people criticizing what I do because everyone has a different opinion and that's fine. Yep. But yeah, a little, it just, I think it makes me nervous. I think with performing and careers, you just don't know what, what path it will take as well. And it's just trusting that that one will be the right one for you, I guess. Yeah, following that gut instinct as we spoke about. Always. Yep. Yeah. Now, can you do any celebrity impersonations? Oh, gosh. I actually don't think I can. How lame am I? No, that's not lame. Have you heard my <laughs> ones that I can do? After we do this, I'm going to think of a few, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, try it. Yeah. Carol Channing's the one I usually bring out on this show. <laughs> oh, God. Quite often I will just talk like, Carol Channing for no reason, but oh, if you can do it, why not? I know, no, no, I, I can do it in quotation marks. Let's just be very clear about that. <laughs> it's and I cannot, uh, but anyways, uh, in Australia, especially speaking of um skills and talents, it's important to have extra skills. So, is there any other creative areas that you have a keen interest in? Because we know that you don't play an instrument, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't play an instrument. Um, I always, like I said, you know, my love for it really stems from telling a story. And if it's me, if it's a character, whatever, I would love to do film um, and get into that area. I just think to play with new material a lot and like really get into a character would be something I'm super, super interested in. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I get the opportunity to do that at some point. I do it in my spare time. Like mm. I work on it, you know, do my lessons and all that fun stuff. But I think pursuing it it's a it's a whole different beast so you know one day I would absolutely love to direct as well I think I have a lot of ideas and I often want to say something um and it would be so cool to create something even write something as well yeah so there was a a great comment from I think it was James Gunn and you're going to go oh James Gunn why Um, am I going to go get James Gunn I love James because you're a fan of James Gunn yes I am anyway um and there was a great comment from him oh my god I'm so insulted go Oh my God. There was a great comment from a director saying, look, just, just open your phone's camera. Bam. You're a director. Like yeah. anyone can do it. Pick up the camera and go for it. You know? Yeah. If you have an idea, just like go with it totally. And that's, that's the where the joy is. I think it's like being creative. So as long mm, as I can do that. Yeah. Happy. It's, it's finding the time. Obviously you're, oh, yeah, that's a thing. You're very busy at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. I am on a, yeah, I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> when I stop though, I'm always like, what do I do now? I'm always trying to do something different and fun. Yeah. When I stop working is when I go crazy. Cause I'm like, I've got no yeah. purpose in life at all. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. Now, if you had to be quarantined with any Disney villain, <laughs> who would it be and why? Oh, good question. Disney villain. Oh my gosh. The most serious question so far. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like Ursula because yes. although she's, you know, she's got a lot of personality, I feel like she'd she'd crack a few good jokes too. Um, and I reckon underneath all that, there's obviously a there's some um vulnerability. So it'd be cool to to find that. Or I could turn into an evil, you know, lady too. But definitely Ursula. Yeah, and she was based off Divine, the drag queen. So you know you're getting a good time. Yes, you get a few shows, I reckon. That's it. So (laughs) now what worries you creatively? Kind of on that similar gut feeling thing, not sticking true to my impulses. Yeah. I think that worries me a little bit. Um, I think that's where we all become different and where magic happens, I think. So, uh, and also I think what worries me creatively is 
kind of similar to the song is letting the fear stop me from reaching things or going for things and the worry and kind of holding myself back worries me not anyone else it's all personal yeah yeah no that's uh yeah what well, running out of ideas worries me yeah have you been to disneyland i have i went in 2020 yes. two days before it shut down <laughs> from covid oh wow yeah. wow how's that which which one did you go to which resort uh, we went to LA, the, what's it? The original called? one. Yeah, it was good. We went to the both sides of it, but oh, it's just so clean. That's what got me. Oh, yeah. It's so beautiful. It's just insane. I just had the best time and I'm so happy I went there yep. Um, just before it closed. That's it. <laughs> for like a year. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it. And just before you get to play Princess Anna, yes. now what was the first ride you went on? First ride, it was a Peter Pan ride, oh, um, the really old yes, one. Yes, yeah. and the ships and you're flying over the... Yes. Oh, I didn't get to go on that. Oh, you could see the stars and, like, it was yes. so very old, but it was so nostalgic and so sweet and I loved it. Oh, lovely. Our first one was Dumbo. Oh, cute. And I, I made my father go on it. Like, we've come all the way to Japan. You are going on this ride. <laughs> That's so wonderful. I'm so obsessed. I know I could go right now. <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. I got. I got my um. My hat. I didn't buy the ears. I brought an actual like Mickey. That. Oh, that is so cute. I know, right? <laughs> and I and the so t-shirt good. I got, or one of the t-shirts <gasps> I got, because of course I'm Disneyfied today. Oh yes, I love them. all the villains. So I've got Maleficent. That is cool. Hook, Ursula. What else we got? Oh, Goofy's there for some reason. This was um. Halloween 2015. So lucky. Why is Goofy part of a villain's T-shirt? I would have to unbutton all of them. Mickey, <laughs> Minnie, and Donald and Goofy are on it, I think. Well, there's Mickey. Okay. so mm, yeah. Again, it hurts to look down. Not specifically a there's villain Minnie. shirt. Yeah. Well. Otherwise, our whole life has been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Halloween shirt, but the theme of that Halloween was um all the villains. But anyways. That is so cool. Still on Disney. Now, if you were to do a VH1 Divas live lineup with Disney princesses or Disney divas more so, that's animated, like Pixar, not Star Wars, not Marvel. Yeah. So who would be the four or five divas that you would have? Wow, that is also a great question. I feel like I'd actually love to have Elsa because she's got some good singing chops. She'd be real good. Um, I'd love the the ladies of Hercules, like the... The muses, yes. Bless my soul. Yeah. Yep. Just the muses. Like, I would love that. I think them themselves are a concert. They're amazing. <laughs> I've always loved their songs. And to have David Zippel on this show, I was... Yeah. I, was I like, can't believe that. That's insane. What? That's amazing. The funny thing was he came on our show because... In Cinderella, one of the song titles is a pun, Buns and Roses, which I'm like, this is fantastic because it's a pun and it's a heavy metal pun in musical theatre. Who wrote this? Please come on the show. And and David Zippel responded and said, Andrew probably wrote it. And I'm like, well, he's never going to come on our show. But <laughs> no, I never know. Well, you and he did. Yes, and if you if you follow him on any social media, it's just all photos of your dogs, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a good social media. Yeah, <laughs> I am not complaining. I love dogs. Yeah, so we got Elsa, the Muses. Anyone else? Well, it's four, isn't it? Well, the Muses are kind of one. Okay, if we count them as one. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I know it's not like a princess, but um, 
Tangled, the mother. What's the mother? Mother Gothel. Mother Gothel, Donna Murphy, yes. Yes, she would be good. Maybe Princess Tiana too. She's amazing. And, the, and she's also in the poster in the background. So Yes, that's true. Annika Nonny Rose and also a, a Broadway diva. Yes. In my research, um, I saw you were doing... Uh, Obviously, my one of my favorite songs from Frozen, "Love's an Open Door." Yes, I saw you doing it on like one of the breakfast shows. I think it was seven, something like that. Why do they insist making you sing while upside down on a prince's back? Like, <laughs> is the choreography in that similar to the show? That was that was the show's choreography. Yes, it is. I am upside down. I am on his on his shoulder, uh-huh. like on my stomach. Yeah, in a corset. By the way, uh-huh. when I first learned that, I just was like, "You you have to be kidding me! This is so hard." But you know, you get used to it. And and me and um Tom, who plays Hans, you know, really have drilled it in. But yeah, it's it's every time I'm like, <gasps> it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I saw you do it, and I was like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, Why do you, you know, it's like. What was it? Um, the Hayride in uh, Young Frankenstein. She's bouncing yes. upside down on a cart while still singing perfectly. I mean, why do you keep yeah. making your, your your singers do these kind of things? It's such a challenge. They have to backflip and yeah. and hit hit high notes all at the same time. That's Definitely. ridiculous. The good thing though with comedy, I think as well as you know, there's room for forgiveness in terms of that. It's about the story. So you know, if you have a little, whoop, it's like haha. <laughs> Be different if it was a serious ballad where you're doing a cartwheel. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he hasn't he hasn't dropped you yet then no look one time I think I was just so tired I just I just laid on the ground but that was in rehearsals but just you know the dress is so heavy (laughs) um but no he has not dropped me he's he's a wonderful partner (laughs) oh thank god for that yeah there's some there's some dangerous things going on there yeah a lot of it those are because you are um this is disney money when you're wearing those costumes do they feel like you are wearing disney money they are heavy. They are real. Um, yeah. It's insane. You know, all of it, the petticoats, like, like I said, the, even, you know, I, I wasn't corseted in six, but in frozen, I'm wearing a corset for the whole of act one. Oh, you are. Um, yeah. So it kind of helps me support my singing, but it, you know, it feels so like authentic to the period. And, um, but sometimes you're like, Oh, just, I just don't let me, I don't want to wear it. Um, but the dresses are just so beautiful. Um, yeah. And they, they spin how they would feel. It's like a dream. Hurts you back though sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Anything else, Evan? Yeah, I'll, again, just uh, your album that you've released, which is it's wonderful. I've I listened to it a few times. Thank you. Yeah, uh, what really stuck out was World Burn. I, I yeah, that was at the point of like, hey, I know this song. Yeah. Because we've only recently done Mean Girls, but I could really hear the Regina in that. That was I could hear you just I don't know slinking down the hallway. That was oh, thank you. You could hear it in the voice. You really did capture it in yeah. in World Burn. I love that one. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And also, I'm sure you would probably like the orchestration too. With like you know, we obviously had live musicians for the album, and mm. um, just them rocking out like the guitar, and I think they added strings, which isn't in the original which has added this like eerie element to it but oh you know I grew up with Mean Girls so it's it's an absolute fave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well the other the only other note I made was that um I, I really like the key change in Dead Mum now obviously that's you know part of the song but yeah yeah it just sort of when it happens so like oh all oh, that was clever that was good. Yeah it's it, it's such an interesting key change as well that when you're singing it you're like is this right? No it's right um yeah. but it, you know it, it works for this for the song and um yeah, break, yeah, it breaks your brain for a second and you just go, oh, oh that was clever. Yeah, <laughs> I agree because I'm always like, did I do that right? Um, <laughs> but I'm glad. Because in, in, I didn't get to see Frozen, unfortunately. I know Evan's oh, going to no. 
hopefully see it when it comes to Perth, but um, you. Oh, yay. I'm hoping you come back to Melbourne. That's what I'm fingers crossed because obviously COVID had, um, yeah, so I would really like to see it, but let it go. Does she finish in the live version? Does she finish on a big note or is that? Yes. Oh, really? I don't think yeah. it needs it. I really don't think it needs it. I'm sure as a singer, you'd be like, oh, phew, because, you know, it's a big note, but she's doing the anyway and holding it. Yeah. If the poor girl a break. Um, which is obviously different mm. than the film. Yeah, it I is. I mean, she she absolutely demolishes it. She's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's nothing for her. But, um, yeah, it, I, I could not imagine having to do that. No. <laughs> the movie version's a bit easier, I think, obviously. Because yep. I'm talking about Gemma Ricks, who I saw as Alphaba and also Eva Peron. Yes. Oh, you saw her in Evita. Yeah, I was so disappointed I didn't get to see her as Elsa to get that trifecta of big female big. roles like yeah damn it she's amazing she's she's incredible uh, amazing human too we all know who the lead in frozen is yeah, yeah anna because <laughs> she carries the show <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, i'm sorry does, it's but... no I'm, I'm running a mountain i'm climbing a mountain so it seems mm. fair <laughs> i'm running around <laughs> yeah it is a big role playing you're our second anna which is yep. just amazing and uh, yeah. got yeah, huge shoes to fill with with Patty. She's just amazing singing. You know, to do yeah. even just be considered for that role is a, is a hell of an honor. The fact yeah. that you, you land it and, and nail it, it is. I'm on the mailing list. As soon as I I mentioned to my wife, oh look, we've got another Anna from Frozen, and and it's coming to Perth. And she's like, that's it, we're going. Oh, you have to let me know when you're in. I'd love to say hello. I don't care how much it costs. We're going. And yeah, I'm on the mailing list. Yeah. And yeah, that's there's no dates yet. August. I, I think it'll be sooner than you think. I thought it was August. That's what it says on the website. Okay, so the, the, the end the end of this year sometime. No, August is like middle. Oh yeah, true. That's not far off. I know this year's flying by. It's May already, isn't it? Well, I can't wait to see you there. Yeah, July, August. Yeah, three months. Wow. Oh, you, you okay? Get ready. <laughs> but no, I, I guess. Going back, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your album. I, I certainly did enjoy Sixty Musical after I sort of got my head around what it was. Yay. Did you give it six out of five? No. I didn't give it anything yet. Or probably a three. I'll go down the middle. Because I think it's not really my my age, really. I'm not the target audience is what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to see Frozen when it finally comes to Perth. Obviously, we, we have done Frozen before, and I'm well well versed in in the songs five stars and i will be away from the crowd we'll we'll wave yes please let me know <laughs> oh no, don't do that you're not at an amateur or yeah. high school theater i know you don't even uh, it depends on the do you are you aware of the crowd much or do you you're just focused on no, what you're seeing what you're doing no. and your what your co-stars are doing and, and where you have to be yeah actually the way it's the way it's mm. lit um, as well, the audience is, is I can't yeah. see anything. So, um, and it's not that type of show, like maybe in the bows, um, but it's very, it's like, you know, you're watching the the film, um, obviously not the film, mm. it's the show, but yeah, it's very, it's not like that, which is cool. It, it, it makes it feel more sophisticated and it is, you know, it, it really is a show for, for adults. I think it takes people by surprise mm. quite a lot. A lot of my jokes are for the adults, for sure. It's going straight over the kids' heads. So <laughs> I'm excited. Hopefully you have a few laughs. Mm. it's also a very a very technical show that's quite demanding technically yes uh, with the um costumes yeah. and and uh, who, who was the poor guy doing um is he a reindeer sven yes i know on the stilts oh and you have you have two guys doing that 
uh, who alternate because it's such a hard job, really. We do. We alternate. Yeah, in, in a plank, I think the longest for like 20 minutes or just under, um, which is insane for doing a plank. Just having to hold themselves up on these on these sort of mini crutches and crouch around. and Yeah. Yeah, like the wheelies. Hopefully not required to sing as well. No. Jeez. Not required to sing. I know, not good for the, the stomach muscles. <laughs> no. But yeah, there's there's some quite physically demanding roles in that in that show, and and, and you know, like I said, a lot of technical things going on. It's it's very cool. I, I as a yeah. you know as a DIY person who likes to build stuff, just looking at the stage and the set was like, how long did that take to build? Oh my god! And all the the crystals so in the clever. backdrop. Some poor bugger had to string that. Yeah, all of it. You know, oh, that would have taken weeks. You know, just it's incredible yeah. stuff that's going on. And of course, I've seen all the all the weeks being made, and you know, the hundreds and thousands of hours yeah, of things real. that all have to be remade. I had this sort of thing in my uh, thing idea in my head that you know, I oh, you would just use costumes from the other shows. No, they all have to be remade, all from scratch. Yeah. Yep, yeah, all yeah. specific to us. And you can tell with that attention to detail. I think that's why it makes the show so special. Very genuinely, it is It is amazing. You can sit there and watch all the set and just be like, okay, cool, I'm mm. happy. <laughs> that would yeah. be enough. Just one, one question before we do the socials. When was the last time you walked into a theatre and gasped at just the majesty of the building? So, oh, I Actually, quite a lot. I think every time I go into a theatre. <laughs> yeah. Correct answer, Courtney. Correct yeah. answer. Uh, always, especially, you know, with this show, uh, we, I just finished off at QPAC and I've always wanted to play on that stage. And, you know, the second I walked into that building, I'm like, oh, you know, anything, any show, I'm, so, I'm, such, a, I'm such an easy critic. I love everything. <laughs> yeah, just theatres yeah. in general. Yeah. Love them. But anyways, where can people find you on the social medias? Yeah, so just my full name, Courtney Monsma on Instagram. I have a TikTok where I do a bit of Anna content. So if you love Frozen, that's quite funny. I have been seeing and yes. <laughs> and yeah, just also my website, which is also CourtneyMonsma.com if you wanted to purchase a, a CD or just the same name on Spotify and Apple Music. Yeah. Well. Now, no, there's a lot of arguments or comments going around that don't stream artists buy their CDs. Yes, I completely agree. Buy their CDs. However, you're buying one purchase there and they get that money once. Buy the CD, then stream it. I agree. Okay, that's what you've got to do. I find I do that by default anyway. Yeah. Like we go and buy vinyl and then I put that on Spotify, on the driveway home, yeah. on, on the way home. So I will listen to it anyway. That's good that you do that. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a special way to support um, artists as well. Obviously, you know, streaming, there's not much financial mm. there at all. Um, no. And you want to keep, you want to be able to keep creating. So exactly. So the more streaming, the better. Don't yeah. boycott the streaming yeah. people. That is misguided. True, actually. It's not one or the other. Do both. <laughs> yeah, do both. Like, even if an artist is only getting two cents from yeah. every thousand streams, right? Yeah. Those thousand people stop streaming. There goes their two cents. So they don't get yeah. anything. So the more you do it, the more they get. So, yes. so I will put a couple of songs from every artist who comes in our show that has an album. I put on a playlist. It's called a booster playlist and just let play for 24 hours. Oh, that's so lovely. So every now and then you'll probably just get like 10 <laughs> listens from me. How good is that? I don't always remember to yeah. do it, but that's that's my way of helping. No, that's really thoughtful. And that goes a long way. It's just to even see that figure be like, oh, cool. So thank you for the support. So there you go, people. Go buy the CD. 
go stream it go get yourself some tickets to frozen go and see courtney because it's just yeah. amazing new talent on the up you know where, where do you go from Anna frozen for god's sake like <laughs> if you know let me know <laughs> yeah sweeney todd apparently <laughs> just jump straight to sweeney todd yeah yeah maybe Anyways, again, a huge thank you to Courtney Monsma and a best of luck for her debut album, In The Light. Be sure to stream it, buy it, support artists. Also, check out Frozen if you're in Adelaide from May 26th, I believe, and then Perth from August. And please come back to Melbourne. I've really got to see Gemma as Elsa or I might die inside. We all know I am an ice queen on this show and finally a huge thank you to the peach and the pineapple for all their help in the past couple of weeks so anyways you can follow us at thrush and treasure podcast but we are going to leave you today with courtney's self-pen track and it really is gorgeous it's called the light that you are thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure it has an absolute joy anyways you at home you take care and we shall see you next time bye thank you Hey, bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you guys and um let me know stars in the sky and then on the stage there is a star one day you look in and realize the light that you are and one day you look in and realize the light that you are